The Big Issue. Breaking down the issues that matter. Hello, listener. This is Big Issue, a platform where issues of national importance and interest are being discussed and analyzed. My name is George Agba. With me here in the studio are our in-house analysts, Silas Ezegu, Bode Badebo, Kunle Olasemi, and Chibuzo Okaibe. Today, we are going to discuss about the latest on um, Twitter ban. On Tuesday, June 22, President Muhammadu Buhari raised the six-man team of federal government to engage the micro side on issues of the suspension. The federal government team constitute the Minister of Information, Lai Mohammed, as the chairman. So now we are going to imagine what would have made the federal government to now make a U-turn and say it was going to engage the microbial, the blogging side. Mr. Bodek Badebo, what do you think? Yeah, thank you, George. Uh, my name is Bodek Badebo, the leadership online editor. Now, it's not a U-turn. I think uh, it's a kind of a reapproachment. According to the federal government statement, Twitter actually approached the federal government, opting for dialogue. And now, in order to demonstrate the willingness of the government towards the dialogue option, President Muhammadu Buhari constituted a six-man panel headed by the Minister of Information and Culture, Alajilai Mohammed, to also go and engage with Twitter. Now we have a problem on our hands, or we have a disagreement between Nigeria as a country and Twitter as a business interest. Now, the committee, I believe, will go and engage with Twitter in a manner that the interest of Nigeria as a state will be protected. And Twitter, I believe, also will be coming to the table to say, well, this is our business concern, these are our rules, but how do we marriage both together and at the end of the day a middle level ground will be reached then uh, we wait for the outcome of the engagement so we can only keep our fingers crossed to see what will be the outcome of this engagement okay looking at the constitution of the federal government team Kunle what do you think that team is made of because the argument the argument is that there is no representation from CSOs and other independent bodies the only federal government. Uh, so what? Yes, I think uh, it's a right step in the right direction, in, uh, trying to resolve the issue. In fact, if you ask me, I would say I would have expected that by now the issue should have been, should have been um, resolved between the government and Twitter because um, some Nigerians, their daily living, their means of livelihood depends on Twitter and other, I mean, uh, on Twitter, yes, and other social media handles. That is what they use uh, for their businesses. And uh, with this ban, some of the businesses have, su- have suffered, if you ask me. But as for the, uh, the constitution of the, the team put in place by, by the federal government, I think you have a point if you say CSO should be involved because they relate more with the people than the fact they can re- the, the people that are affected by the ban uh, relates more 
with the CSO than the government because they have they, they have more access to the CSO than the, than the government. So I think if the government has one or two CSO or CSOs in the in the team, it won't be a bad idea. Mr. Kabi, what do you think about in this regard? Which of them now? The uh, CSO, the, the inclusion of, of the CSO. Six well, months. Um, personally, I don't uh, think there is much of a problem with the uh, with the constitution of the team. Um, it's a government versus uh, an international, you know, company here. So, if you look at all the people in the team, it gives an idea of what. You know the government wants to do, and how it wants to push its image and secure its um, integrity, if you will. You have the Minister of Information. Naturally, he has been at the fore of this. He's been the face of this push and pull. Uh, then you have the Attorney General. Of course, there will be legal issues to look at. You have the Foreign Affairs Minister. It's an international thing at this point. Um, I think you also have uh, Festus Kayamu. He perhaps is going to handle the labour aspect. Because uh, that is one major thing that has, be, you know, become a major, if you will, sore point in this whole uh, engagement. Uh, then you also have uh, Fashola. Um, I'm a bit, um, you know, do I say confused as to what role he's going to play, being the Minister of Works. But again, when you remember that he's ha he has a strong legal background, perhaps it would help to, you know, firm up the legal aspects. So I don't think it's wrong in that sense, but perhaps what we should expect is some form of mutually um, acceptable agreement that will benefit perhaps all parties, um, benefit the federal government, benefit Twitter, but more, much more benefit the Nigerian people who use Twitter, you know, at the soul or at the heart of all of this contest now appears to be this debate about free speech and hindering free speech and all of that. So this kind of dialogue has to capture that as well. Because perhaps that is where the civil society would have come yeah, in, yeah, you know, yeah. to ensure that, okay, if all of these deliberations are going on, somebody gets to speak to yes. the need for the space to remain open for constructive debates and dialogue. Yeah. Yes. Um, the Minister of Information, Lai Mohammed, was um, at the National Assembly yesterday before the House of Representatives Committee investigating the ban. And there he, insist, he insisted that the Companies and Allied Matters Act does not permit foreign firms to do business in Nigeria if not registered. But why now? Why now? Why was it at a time when Twitter deleted President Muhammad Buhari's tweets? Um, Mr. Um, Silas, what do you think yes. about that? Because you, know, you know that this saying that uh, the wife is dying, you know, cried yesterday and the baby died this morning and it was built with which for that. Yes, the government has said it's not just because of um, uh, the reason that Twitter has been committing a lot of this and that and they're just doing it now that the president, you know, was speech was deleted. So, you can tell us this or that, but we know that it's anger that they had the temerity to delete what our president has said, you know, and um, and it doesn't uh, even even the the, the Trump, in all his powers, as American president, the most powerful man in the world at the time, they deleted his tweets. They even banned him from the platform, you know, and then people didn't fall there. But you know, the, our own 
you know, level of democracy, you know, is it trickling in? We've not really got there where this kind of uh, freedoms can be sized fully. We are still learning it, so that's what it means. And two, this government, uh, you know, they are saying that democratic is led by someone who was a soldier, who only knows the uh, military decrees and not. He may have claimed. Who used to be a soldier? I said, well, a soldier is a general, is a general. What's a general? Always what? General. I tell you that. And that's why I punch Mr. I said, they continue to refer to as a general because he has still continued to behave like a general. Let me, let me even help you. Let me even add something. I saw you in the punch today. Some senior advocates saying uh, he doesn't appear to be a repented Democrat anymore. You know. So, so, so that's, that's, that's part of it. So, so, it was, even if you look at all the decisions that have gone on, have gone on since this thing happened, you see the government trying to muscle, trying to do, not just deal with Twitter, but to shut down the media space, the online media space and the media space with all the laws that are bringing up now and from the NBC law and laws. So, so, um, I would say that the government is a possible of reacting. And then we also need to find out in other countries, how do they regulate such, you know, tech giants? Do they have to register and all this kind of control want to do in Nigeria? What do they do in their own country? If it is so, it's good that they, if they can register and pay all taxes and all the money, that will benefit from their activities in Nigeria. The money will come to the pocket. But government should not use it as an avenue to show down people's freedom of speech. Will, That's I what we're saying. I will say that um, while not speaking for the government, I think that is what should have been done in the first place. Yes. Like you said, it will give us more revenue and possibly jobs for Nigerians. So um, it's maybe the timing, the timing of uh, telling them to come and register and all that may be wrong. But for me, that is what should have been done in the first yes, place. Yes. Not now. Yes, you see, um, minister... No, but there is never a late time to start. If, if no, this has, no, no, I, I, if this has created no, this, then why, why should you go is right. I disagree with Chibuzo. That is an afterthought. That? That the government is just realizing. I didn't say the government is just realizing. I'm saying if this yeah. has presented an opportunity for the government to do yes. that, why not? Fine. Especially but, when it has to do with the fact that the government is saying that Twitter acted against the country's interest. Well, that's another debate. I don't know in which way Twitter has uh, acted. No, the minister has been accusing uh, Jack Dorsey of funding NSAS. And then NSAS protests. One hour, one year after. Uh, yes, and, and it's just now that they are telling us. It's almost one year. Yes, and it's just now. It's just now that this is happening. They're not telling us that this sponsored it. You know, you see, the government is taking this NSAS thing completely wrong. Nigeria has wanted, you know, a station of the killings. And inhuman treatment being meted out on Nigeria, yeah. you know, against other Nigerian but police. It's not even other things. Police stop them from killing us, and government took it completely out of, out of the way. It's because I think. And they are saying, and even president in his speech in that interview, he said they wanted to come and remove him. That was not the import of NSAS. That was the information given to him. He mean that. That means those who are managing his information to him are not telling the truth. That's what it means. Uh, the community court of ECOWAS on Tuesday restrained the federal government from imposing sanction on Nigerians for using Twitter pending the determination of the case before it. Yes. 
Kunle, what do you think about that particular judgment? It is always said. Uh, but don't forget, sorry, don't forget that the Minister of Justice and Attorney General of the Federation all that that henceforth no Nigerian should use Twitter and anybody that uses it will be sanctioned. Yes. Oh. Yes. Uh, don't forget um, there's this saying that if uh, a judge gives an order even when he's drunk even when he's drunk that order must be obeyed at least obey first then come back to complain so I think the um, order given by ECOWAS court on Tuesday uh, the government being uh, part of ECOWAS and ECOWAS treaty should, should, should respect that order and for me the uh, order given by Attorney General I think uh, it went too far. It went too far because there is no place in our law where you can uh, arrest somebody for expressing himself. So that is uh, my view about it. Mr. Sellers, what do you think about it? Well, it's all in all part of the process the government is using to kind of uh, trying to bear down on free speech. You know, that all part of the whole gimmick of trying to bear down on free speech. But it's not going to work. Nigerians are circumventing it using VPN and other other platforms to to communicate to the world. And what I've done and I've internationalized this issue. So that was supposed to be a local issue now. Using those platforms, they're not internationalizing this particular issue and, and communicating. It it's not good for the country. People are hearing, you know, it's, it's like there's a when you fight over food in the house, the neighbor knows what to have you have on the menu. You understand? Know because you went to the fight over food and there's a case. The neighbors couldn't know what to cook. Even, I mean, even when a foreign company is threatening national security by yes. trying to encourage no. secession and allow people no, no, who. No, 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 no. The foreign company is not, is not what? It's not uh, threatening, it's not uh, threatening or encouraging secession. The person that is doing secession movement is possibly using Twitter. What the government would have done, like they always do to the reverse. Is to have approached the company and said, Look, this guy is using a platform to cause trouble. Can you shut him out? And yes. see whether the, co the company will react. Because only now they are realizing that this is what they should have done. Now they are realizing it. So the government needs to be thinking. It's like there are not many, many good thinkers in this government. And always reacting, you know, after the thing has happened. And that's why people always say, No, 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 no. You cannot do this, you cannot do this. We, we want Nigeria to work. We want the government to to work because if they work well all of us are going to benefit but if now begin to think after the event it can't be going in verse all the time i want to go forward okay um let's look at the second issue an fct high court on tuesday june 22 sentence um s y chairman of um, house of representative uh, ad hoc committee on a um, subsidy fraud, um, Farouk Lawan. After about nine years of um, litigation on the matter, and the court found Lawan guilty of all three counts bordering on bribery in the case that has moved to and fro from the Supreme Court. He was said to have immediately moved to Kuje prison where he is presently cooling his heels. You see, while Lawan was convicted for bribery, charges were however not filed against Femi Otodola. The, the bribe giver. The, 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 the bribe giver. <laughs> and uh, now the issue at stake here is that 
let's look at some of the present issues because charges charges couldn't have been filed against Dr. Dola because when the uh, uh, Farouk Olawa demanded the, the bribe from him, he reported the matter not only to security agencies, he called the former president, that's president, uh, former president of Asanjo, drew his attention to it that uh, this is what is going on. And uh, if you remember then, Obasanjo came out and uh, abused, not even accused now, he abused them outrightly that all the lawmakers are thieves or they say they are armed robbers. I can't remember now. But yeah, I, knew, I remember he abused them. So, um, the lawmakers uh, tongue-lashed Obasanjo that he doesn't know what he's talking about. But at the end of the day, when all this came out, um, all of us realized that Obasanjo knew what he was talking about. The money that um, gave to Farouk Lawa, he collected it from DSS. All the money were marked money. So there is no way, or there was no way Otedola could have been arrested. Okay. Because he, he said it in his um, um, testimony before the court, when he testified before the court, that all they asked him where he got the money from. He said he got it from um, um, the DSS. Okay. Uh, one issue we need to look at in this matter is why did Farouk Lawa have the guts to demand bribe from somebody? You know, demand bribe from somebody maybe who has been implicated in something. Who want to pay out in order to clean his name? Because the other was, you give me this money, ten million dollars, okay, and I'll remove your name from those who are implicated in the subsidy, subsidy fraud. fraud, okay? Yeah. Those who were who didn't supply fuel and collected money for that. That was the big scam at the time, and they were looking for those who have committed that fraud, fraud at that time. So now, if if Otodo was not implicated in any way, on what basis would now the world be asking for bribe? from somebody who was completely innocent. Otedola may feel maybe he's being victimized because of his position in the society. Many of us believe he's rich. So he may, well, he may, he may see it as he a... Being, uh, he, he was a lifter, oil lifter too. Don't forget that. Is that you know, he was an oil lifter and don't was that all of them were I involved agree, in that I thing. I agree, I Kunde, agree. Kunde, don't forget, Kunde, don't forget that Lawan Chu alleged that he collected that money to show as evidence that he was being induced financially the, by Otodola? The judge asked him a question. And if you read that judgment, the judge said, when you collected the money that you wanted to yes, expose him, expose Otodola, um, the judge said, did you report to any security, security agencies? How many of your committee members did you uh, report the um, incident to? I, I think you, I hope you get what you got what I'm trying to say, but he could not prove that he couldn't uh, come out with information or answers to those questions. So that was where they nailed him. Well, um, okay. that one has I, been convicted. Yes, and um, that is the issue is laid to rest for now until it's been appealed. Of course, but the issue at stake is why after nine years. This takes us to the delay in the, the justice thing, delivery system. The most important thing is that uh, justice has been served. And uh, uh, even if it takes eternity, justice delayed is justice denied. Yeah. But this justice was not denied here. Yeah. No, justice this, this, was this, not this, denied here. It is assumed to have been denied. Let, let me tell you something. Eh? There are people who were 
very much aggrieved at that one's action at that time. Eh? Yes. Who have died since then. So in their in those people's lifetime, they didn't see justice given to somebody who has breached the law so brazenly. We saw him stuffing these dollar bills in his work. He's cap. So now you now say that he's let me so, so, let me no, let me just uh, so let me learn then. No, you know, you know this 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 they have money to hire. Lawyers who have a way of bringing a telecom injunction, you know, and possibly some judges, even some judges find a way of supporting them. They, something they can postpone, they can um, uh, adjourn for one week or one month, they will put it in six months. And the person, you know, all those things, all these things drag this into eternity. The lawyers and the judges, they have so much on their hands. For example, in Supreme Court, there was a time. Uh, I think in the middle of the year or so, they, there was a case that was had, and then um, it was supposed they were looking at the next adjourned date. The judges were, were saying that for the rest of the year, their file, their diary was full already, so they had to adjourn the case to the next year. So for me, um, there are so many cases that this people has to, have to deal with. So, I really cannot blame, or we really cannot blame them in a way. Uh, we have a system that, uh, that is not uh, functioning very well, functioning the way it should be. So, the, so uh, apart from the judicial sector, so many areas of our national lives, we need to do something about it if you want things to go right. I agree with you, Kunle, because severally, the Supreme Court justices had always insisted that substantial justice should not be sacrificed on the altar of technicalities and you see why most of these cases are delayed is because of technicalities and of course it has always been talked with no action because we always hear the chief justice of nigeria warning that all these motions and frivolous uh, applications. applications should be thrown out by the judges and yet, we still have this problem, and it has continued. But then, what do you think can be done to avoid this situation? Well, I think uh, there are many merits of this uh, verdict of the FCTI court on Tuesday that we are not looking at. Instead of looking at whether the accuser was prosecuted or not. Yeah, like Kune said, whether judgment as justice was served. Well, that's for the next uh, court. To determine, but I think something has happened. Somebody was prosecuted. It take a, took a long time. Yes, the case has been concluded at the court of first instance. Now it will go to the appellate court. After that, to Supreme Court. But the takeaway is this will serve as deterrence to will-be offenders. People who want to use their position to bend the rules or to enrich themselves. That is one. But talking about the length of justice delivery system, now the time, the duration, I think we're in a new world. The world is moving very fast. But Nigeria is not moving in almost every aspect of life. Now, there's a need to digitize the courts. Let me tell you something. They say necessity is the mother of all inventions. Remember in the last two, three weeks when the Jusun people went on strike? The courts, 
because of workload, resorted to Zoom. And they were delivering justice. I read it. Judgment. We have been delivered. Up to last week, up to last week, Supreme Court still delivered judgment. Via Zoom. Now, prior to the outbreak of COVID-19, and just recently the Jusun, the Judiciary Workers' Strike, nobody has ever thought of a time that judgment will be delivered via Zoom. So we need to think out of the box, digitize our process. There is a need to recruit more judges. At the Supreme Court, we now we have uh, how many now, Mr. Kunle? Yeah, 20 now. 21. What? 20 or 21. Yeah, What's the full compliment? Okay. 21. Now, before now, for many years, it has never been 21. There was never a full compliment right. of the justices. And this workload actually have a way of uh, affecting the psych, mental health of these judges. We are, we are stressed. And when you are stressed, yeah, yeah, you, are, you are a human being. You are likely to do anything. You are liable to mistakes. So a lot of things need to be done to make sure we get this right. Let me support to that. There was a time we did a, a, a write-up leadership. I think I handled it. Where, yes, when we discussed the issue of you know, uh, devolving the powers of the Supreme Court so that every every um, zone will have its own Supreme Court to deal with matters. Okay? So that everything will not be packed up at the one Supreme Court here. Just have a few people on it. Let's have, and also discuss that we should not have every case going, even land cases, civil cases, going to up all the way to the Supreme Court and going to pack them. It should just be issues of interpretations of the Constitution that should come to it. The law has well, they have to amend the law. If we have some Supreme Court at the level of zones or even the state levels, they can handle those issues at that level. Then. We now have tackled that how this one at the federal for, for in has, dealing with just constitutional issues. This has been argued sometimes ago. Yes, I by remember top, top lawyers. I remember um Chief Abebola saying that it will bastardize the operations of the Supreme Court if that is done. In Court of Appeal today, you have many jurisdictions. You don't have Court of Appeal in one place, just as we have Supreme Court. But he is saying that he was saying then that if we have Supreme Court probably in zones, mm -hmm. that it will bastardize now, their what operations. What does he mean by that? that, that you know that people want to like want to just remain. They want this to just remain the way it is. You know, it's not an issue about you have to talk about functionality. So I want to look at the pride of it, the hollowness of it. Look at that. Okay, that time we saw that there are some cases they will not get mentioned even in twenty years. The cases will be held when the People who would have died long ago. Recently, there was a case that was concluded, and the case has been in court, in court from High Court to Supreme Court. It has, it was, it has it was there for over 20, 25 years before Supreme Court decided. Even like this particular Lawrence case, do you know the case left the lower court to the Court of Appeal, went to the Supreme Court, and returned back. Yes, that is why you see in the mixed reaction trailing the judgment yesterday. That why most Nigerians felt the law justice had been served or was duly served. There are some Nigerians who felt that uh, uh, there are some Nigerians who felt that um, Lawan is a victim of some power play. Because... I don't, I don't agree with you. No, see, see the argument. Now see the argument. They say because of his stubborn stance and his outspokenness. Remember that Lawan. He came came into limelight through using the the the, man, the integrity integrity mantra. Okay, uh, for me, I think I 
I have a slightly different take on this whole Lawan, you know, saga. It's uh, one, did he commit the crime? If he did, then uh, I think he should uh, do the time. You know, it was a sting operation from the onset. He didn't know it was. And uh, if the DSS was fully involved in the whole process and Otada Lad did his own work enough to be like a state witness. Now, whether or not Kitadola has a case to answer on the original matter is a different uh, thing entirely. But on this, on this, on this score, you know, did Lawan take the bribe? And who did it? Like the judge said, who did he tell that he was going to, you know, collect bribe and do all of the yes, all of the things? Yes. So if if he didn't tell anybody he was going to do that, then it had to prove whether or not. He had that kind of intention. I think he told that only to, one of the members. So um now I even collected some out exa- of the money. But at the end of exactly. the day, EFCC made him uh, a state witness. You know, so as it, as it is now, it's it's neither here nor there for, for it's in fact not the case of neither here nor there, it's a done deal for Lawan. But I think it paints a bigger picture on how Nigerians we perceive the National Assembly going forward. The allegation or the cloud of uh, um, corruption, alleged corruption, you know, hovering over that chamber has been there for a long time. A lot of allegations so have been made about how lawmakers, you know, are sometimes blackmail ministries, agencies, you know, to cough out something all in the name of oversight. And so if we have this kind of scenario playing out now, then I think the National Assembly as, as an institution, as an institution should be worried about this last judgment. Very supportive with that. I think that because a member of the National Assembly, a ranking member at that time, one of the leading lights, a young man that we, young people, felt was going to go all the way. Alant had been penciled down for governorship of Kano State at that time. And I was thinking that one day he would be in the ballot for the presidency because of his eloquence, his thinking, the way he comes across. You know, so when it happened, it was like, you know, we just, just like, you know. So if somebody who was looking, looked up at the scene at that point could fall that way, we need to, to if we need to do more sting operations, maybe yes. it will it will it will curb curb the the rapacious greed of these stomachers to take from the system apart from what is due to them. Let me tell you something. It was that same other chambers that they brought raw cash and said it was used to bribe them for their time. And nobody has gone in for that since then. Nobody was punished for that bribe. Nobody has been arrested. And nobody, nobody, had, nobody agreed that he collected money for Tottenham. You know, but the, the evidence was provided. There were no evidence. So, uh, uh, the other, other thing I wanted I think, to... Sorry, before you leave the Tottenham issue, I think the reason they didn't pursue that uh, uh, aspect, okay. as in who collected what, you know, it was uh, alleged then that those who collected Tottenham 
those who supported Tottenham collected money, those who didn't support also collected, collected money. money. But I think the money of those who supported and, and, were higher. Let me think that's why they didn't post. Let me just chip in this as well. It was a general thing among all of them. Yeah, yeah. Let me just chip in this as well. As much as whoever wants to celebrate what has happened to Lawa, we want to celebrate, let us also not forget that a lot of other high-profile cases involving former governors are also pending at the courts. So perhaps it will go into the books of the, of the, of the current administration and say they are going to revisit that. So it, perhaps it will go into the legacy books, if you will, of uh, this administration, if they can fast-track the wheels of uh, justice to ensure that these former governors, it will serve as a bigger deterrent going forward. Okay, listener, that is the much we can take in today's edition of Big Issue. Once again, my name is George Agba. Join us tomorrow for another episode of Big Issue, where we'll be bringing you more issues on the polity. This program is brought to you by Leadership Podcast from the stable of Leadership Media Group.